we're given one word to describe a million different ways and of, a million different feelings and, and a million different feelings a million different ways of loving yourself like there's standing in front of the mirror naked and just accepting your body for girl who it i is. do that girl it gives me it gives me confidence you know it's important to look at yourself and like really appreciate those like parts of your body that you know you know they're good like girl if you got good boobies you tell yourself you got good boobies <laughs> Serenity and so, peace. So we're gonna start off this episode with some ASMR sounds. You know, bit of phone tapping with bitten nails. Nails, nails. <laughs> what about some water sipping? I think we've lost half our audience. Yeah. (laughs) So now that everyone's nice and calm, we can start the actual episode, which is about how to calm yourself down, so to say. So last week's episode, we kind of got the feel it was a bit of a negative Nancy moment. So this week, we want to lighten it up a bit. We're going to talk about all the things that keep us calm, including our therapy sessions. We even got into the first time we went to therapy um, and psychoanalyze One Direction. So keep listening. So do these things make you feel calm or do they just cause chaos? Incense burners. I hate them. Yeah, look. It's like too they, intense. Yeah. In, it, should, it should be called intense burners, to be honest. Um, they, they are – that was terrible. No, no one laughed at that. Yeah, they, they, they're too strong and they just – I don't understand why people like the smell. It's supposed to like um, – you know when people sage their room? It's supposed to like get bad. Apparently that's like a Get rid a of practice. bad ob- omens. Omens? Omens. Get rid all, of bad omens. All the omens and... <laughs> <laughs> Going to the gym. Um, I like it. I like it. It makes me feel calm. I don't a think different I'm, type mm. of calm. It's not chaotic, but it's like, it's like it's tired calm. Like, oh, uh, I'm exhausted. I've just done a run. I think it makes me feel chaotic in a good way, though. Like, like it doesn't make me feel calm at all, actually. Like, I, I do think you need to go to the gym for, like, your mental health as well, but, like... The amount of physical exertion you have to perform, it's a bit chaotic. In mm. I, I feel chaotic as in I can feel my heart beat in my ears. That's the chaotic part. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> my, my heart's beating really fast. Counting sheep to fall asleep. I've done that. It. I don't know if it works. I don't think, I think I just count. I don't think of sheep. I think of sheep. I think of a, <laughs> I think of a little fence and some sheep prancing over. I have done that before, but it doesn't really help. I think so. I put helps. my I put my rain sounds on, um, and I fall asleep. Like last night, we're in our apartment, and um, there was just this clicking, and it, I, I 
swear to God, someone was putting a key in my door trying to get in. It's and I just the wind, uh. Anyway, I put on my rain sounds and I, I blocked it out. And she you blocked know what? it out. I had a good sleep. You had a good sleep. I did, and that was calming. What about asking mum for advice? That is chaotic. Chaotic. Because <laughs> you can start off with like, mum, I need some advice with this. Like, I want you to be chill about it. And then you'll tell her what it is and she'll be like, oh, my God. I don't know. You've sinned. You've sinned. Not, not that our mum's like that, but like, you know, different generations are brought up in different, you know, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes our ideas don't match up mm. and that's okay. But sometimes it can be very chaotic, I'd say. Yes. The, whole, the older you get, the more chaotic advice gets with mum. Yeah. Or talks get true. with mum. Or the lectures. You have a lecture, Del. So last week we talked about a lot of the tougher experiences or kind of a lot of our worst experiences. Um, so let's get into how we can kind of deal with those and make it more of a calm situation. So for me, one of like the top things I do when I'm like really upset or panicking that calms me down is kind of just like breathe. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but you know, <laughs> take a deep breath in, you know, realise where you are, like your surroundings. Um Put on a bit of Harry Styles, just like a bit of cherry. Calm, bit of cherry. I love cherry when on a calm day. Mm. The cuckoo. <laughs> I did that so well. You did. Yeah, that makes me really calm. Listening to some calm music and just breathing, kind of a bit of meditation, but in a like not closing yeah. your eyes. Hmm, something way. something that makes me calm is I don't know if this is you, Lily, but I talk to myself. I do not do that. I find it weird. I like. Sometimes when I'm really, really, really panicking or in like I can't stop panicking, I can't stop like I can't and there's no one there, no one to talk to, no one's answering the phone, I will stop and I will talk to myself in the mirror Hmm. and I'll like tell myself this is like if I'm panicking or Hmm. scared or something, I'll tell myself everything's okay and like it'll pass and, um, you know, this is temporary. Like I'll talk to myself. To be honest, that works because sometimes – because you're in control and it's really hard to remember that sometimes when you're panicking. Yeah. But um, it really works for me. might not work for some other people. but I know. think when I'm upset and like kind of in that hole, it's like I can't get myself out of it, which is the scariest part. And I think for me, I'm someone who needs other people. I know that like when I was sad like months ago, whenever I had like a really bad moment, um, I would always reach out to people because I couldn't actually see it for myself the way it was I needed people to tell me I wasn't going to realize it myself which is sad um but that's just how it works with me like I I can't tell myself it's going to be okay because I I wasn't sure if it was Mm. so someone else telling me it kind of reassured me a bit yeah so would you say like self-care to you is like reaching out to someone yeah right right like it's self-care but it's like collaborative (laughs) self-care I see (laughs) I see that's that's a good way to put it so what do you do? What specific breathing exercises do you do? I don't really Get like in and out. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> like I don't really have like a breathing technique. Like I don't know, just in through your nose, out through your mouth, maybe. I, oh, I see. I don't really think too much into it though. I just kind of like I remind myself just to like breathe in general and just like you're in your, you're in your room. Like it's all right. Like, yeah. yeah, grounding. Yeah, grounding. that's another thing. You gotta you gotta remind yourself of where you are and like. Bring your bring yourself back down to earth, <laughs> not in an egotistical way. Yeah. I'm uh, not really into like the whole meditation, like 
breathe and just like relax. Zen, bit of zen. I can't do the whole yoga thing. I yeah. can't do the meditation thing. It's too slow for me. If I'm sitting there meditating, I'm sitting there overthinking. That's just how my brain works. Yeah. I, my brain doesn't stop. So well, I, I hate meditation. Speaking about breathing, um, my therapist, and this is actually uh, professional advice, my therapist used to tell me, used to teach me this thing called belly breathing. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Belly breathing. You land. Don't you do the opposite? You lay on your back and apparently babies originally, like everyone starts off breathing through their diaphragm or like using their diaphragm. But as we get older and older, we stop using our diaphragm to breathe, which like it's not a bad thing, obviously. That's just the way we're built. But using your diaphragm to breathe, it's supposed to be healthy for you. It's supposed to be like it puts you in more of a calm mindset and you can get deeper breaths doing like breathing that way. So how do you through your diaphragm? Well, sometimes like when you're breathing really shallowly, you know how when you're like you're panicking like like, and you can't quite grab like a big deep breath, you need to like – you need to lay down, put a pillow on your your belly and breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth but breathe in – Hold for four seconds and make sure your belly's rising as you breathe in and then hold it for four seconds and then breathe out for four seconds. Like, no, no, Lily's like pushing her stomach <laughs> out. It's like you'll breathe and you'll feel it go like, see what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like showing Lily my belly. <laughs> yeah, but that that's a really good technique. Look up belly breathing. I don't know if I explained it well enough. but No, I think you explained it quite well. So you just mentioned you see a therapist, you know that I do too. Um, why don't we tell the, like, the listeners something like that we really get out of therapy and like, you know, some people might be considering going, um, you know, what's something that will stick with you forever? Definitely the belly breathing. <laughs> uh, but a lot of things that something will stick with me forever is like, I remember my therapist saying to me once, like, if you give anxiety the attention it craves over and over again, like you as much as you think you're going to sort it out and it's in your head and you're going over and over, I don't know, like this is just me because I have used to have like fix, fixational thoughts. Mm. The only thing that's going to stop it is you stopping thinking about those things. Yeah. And um, like ignoring the thoughts as hard as it is to ignore sometimes because they're mm. scary, anxiety is scary. Um, ignoring is the best option. It's the best way. And like although it's so hard to like get to that point, but I think that will always stick with me is like – just don't overthink. Overthinking really does affect everyone in so many different ways. I think that, like, the best advice I got from my therapist, because a lot of my therapy is situational um, and quite personal, so I won't really get into it. But so something that really stuck with me that my, my therapist told me was when I was going through a hard time, I kind of just was expecting it to go away on its own. I was um, kind of expecting time to heal my pain and just, like... Mm. I thought it would just go away, you know, within time. Um, and something that she told me was that I have to actively be helping myself. Yeah, I can't be making it worse. I can't be doing nothing because, yeah, time will help. But at the end of the day, if you don't make the active decision to help yourself, you're going to stay the same yeah. and you're going to feel the same for a long time. Yeah. And ever since she said that from that day on, I felt a lot better. I started helping myself and I started actively doing things that would help me recover faster I guess yeah. and like um 
whenever I was upset instead of wallowing in it and feeling sorry for myself, I'd let myself cry for a bit um, and then I'd try to get up and I'd try to do something to distract myself, like a Mm. puzzle or um, listen to a podcast. Um, But if I really needed to cry, I would let myself, um, you know, I'd try to to distract myself, but it it was too much and I really needed to cry, I'd let myself. Mm. Um, But I think that's also another thing that really helps me stay calm and helps me stop overthinking is puzzles and painting, drawing, um, listening to podcasts. Uh, for me I need to keep busy if I'm not busy I overthink if I'm not distracted I overthink and um my first year out of school when I was home alone for like days upon days because mum and dad and Lil mum and dad are both high school teachers Lily goes to high school so they were all out of the house kind of when I'd wake up everyone was gone the only like I'd only get a few wake up at 10 yeah I used to wake up really late um, I would, they'd get home at like five o'clock, um, four o'clock in the afternoon, but most of the day I was at home by myself. I started going crazy. I seriously did. I, it was the worst my anxiety has been in a lot, uh, like in a, quite a few years. I'm more used to being alone now because I've been alone. Like <laughs> I've been alone for many years, you know, all the thoughts. No, <laughs> um, I, I'm a lot more used to it now, but going from that, like it was a big life change mm. and sometimes, I know a lot of people out there listening are like me and you, if you're alone, you're alone with your thoughts and they flood your head and sometimes they could be really, really stupid and like intrusive and like, um, uh, like, sorry. Weird. Yeah. And just like, or, or, or irrational. Like you think back to it and you're like, why? That's so stupid that why was I thinking that? Or like paranoid because mm. you're alone. Like I, I remember think thinking there was someone outside watching me, even though there wasn't, like I just convinced myself that there was. Yeah, I know that when I finished high school, I had that exact same tra- transition issue in that there's like three months before uni that I'm not forced to wake up out of bed at 7am. Mm-hmm. I'm not forced to go to school. I'm not forced to be distracted for six hours of the day like yeah I'd wake up mum and dad are out you've now moved out it's just me and Mindy <laughs> it's me and the shoes. Me and the shoes. I'd wake up and I'd just um you know so I say hi to my dog she's the only one I talk to oh, that and I'd talk to her about how her sleep was and what, what yeah, she and barked at this morning <laughs> um but then I had not much to do and not not many people to talk to and um Lily just constantly texts me these days being like come see me in the shoes come see in the shoes um <laughs> So what I'd do is I'd pop on a podcast. So I felt like I was being mm. talked to or I felt part of a conversation. I'd use that when I'm, say, making my breakfast. I'd be listening to a podcast. What were some of the podcasts that you'd listen to? I think Zane and Heath was really big because, like, they're very conversational. And it was just, like, having a conversation. Yeah, and then also Crime Junkie because it's, like, a story. But, you get stuck in the story. But you just get paranoid that you're no, home alone? No, it's daylight. Yeah, but still, like, wouldn't wouldn't you? No, just get Mindy, Mindy didn't fend them off. Oh, of course she would. No, I'm fine with true crime stuff because they're American. Like, I'm like, it's not gonna happen here. <laughs> and then they do an Australian episode, and I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> um, oh, uh, Adelaide, that's quite close. No. <laughs> but like, I get stuck in the story, and my mind isn't wandering on stupid things or overthinking about what I said to like my producer last week but something I also did to keep my hands busy while listening to the podcast was puzzles so we had about 10 puzzles in our house and over the past three months I literally did them all and the whole lounge room floor was covered in puzzle pieces and Mindy used to step on them and ruin them but um, that kept me sane through the three months of like not having school or uni she still steps on them (laughs) she does still step on them (laughs) when I occasionally do them but for me that was a form of self-care and I think we should talk a bit more about self-care because it's really important what do you 
do to like, you know, give yourself a bit of a pamper night or like. I, look, a lot of people are like, oh, I read a book, you know. Reading is not for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not a good reader. But it's something I've always wanted to get into and I keep saying that. But um, I think for me, self-care is like doing little things for you, even if like like just getting your nails done. Mm. Like it's it's a it's a opportunity and I've I've heard a lot of a lot of mums say that when they go to the dentist, they like going to the dentist oh. because it's like they have a chance like 20 minutes or half an hour to just stop thinking about anything because they can't like they're in the chair someone's like you know the fiddling in fiddling, your mouth. No 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 but like they they have a chance to stop just stop for a minute and just lie down and rest and they can't do anything else. Mm. They, they don't, you know, they don't ha- they're not thinking about what do I need to do with the kids, what do I do, blah, 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 blah. Like they're in an like, appointment so they're, they're forced to stay there so they're actually kind of, they actually like it. I guess the same, like kind of the same as the physio. Yeah. Hmm. It's when like you're you laying don't... on the massage bed and they're like putting an elbow in your buttocks. Yeah. It's that like... happened to me three days ago. <laughs> she goes, oh, your glutes are very tight. I was like, oh, thank Ooh. you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like you don't, you know, you're not having to think about what you're doing the next day yeah. or the next task. And you, you don't do. feel guilty because you're not like laying on a massage chair, like getting a nice massage, like for yourself. Like it's actually something you need to do for your health. Uh, but well, I wouldn't feel guilty if I was getting a massage either. But no, I'm I know saying like mums, yeah. like they might feel bad about True. taking time for themselves, which they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Because they're queens. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, yeah, I like doing, like, getting my nails done because, again, it's something, like, you can't really move. Um, like, I don't know. It's it's a weird, like, I can't do anything else right now, so I, I'm okay with that and I don't have to overthink what I'm doing right now. I don't know how to explain it. No, I get that. I, I think I don't really like getting my nails done because I can't distract myself with anything else. I'm sitting there. Yeah, Lily always has to do something with a bloody hand. I know. I'm sitting there and, like, my I always have to have – if I'm watching a movie or something, I have to have something in my hands. I'll either be drawing or pu- I'll have a puzzle or, like, be on my phone as well just because, like, I can't – I don't know. I need something in my hands. So and when they're doing stuff with my hands and I can't be on my phone, like, I'm not listening to any music or anything, I'm overthinking. Look, so see, nails doesn't so, really work for me as self care. So the opposite to me because I cannot understand how you watch movies and do something else at the same time. Because for me, I'm, I'm like listening to it and drawing. Or but something. for me, I'm like you're not even watching the bloody movie. I, I look up, but I'm listening, and then when I you look hear up every something, half an hour. <laughs> no, when I hear something very important, I'll have a squiz. But like, yeah, That's, it's mainly I mean, listening. But I would like to know if anyone else does what I do and like draws or like does a puzzle while watching a movie. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know that Lily and I are. Uh, like without without fail, we'll mention One Direction or Harry Styles. Oh yeah. So we were gonna like venture into a few songs and playlists and things that kind of calm us down. And for us, like there's a different type of calm with One oh, yeah. D. It's like a it's like a hype, like I feel good, positive vibes, <laughs> good, you know, upbeat moment. But um, I think for me, I I have made a playlist. It's called kind of chill, kind of sad. So like <laughs> you're in a kind of like a little bit of like a. Woe is me. Oh, my God. You're feeling a little sorry for yourself. That's all right. You listen to kind of chill, kind of sad. Right. You're chilling, but you're a little sad. A little bit sad. And that's okay because sometimes you just need to be in your feels. So what kind of songs are kind of chill and kind of sad? Well, it's a very specific genre, isn't it? Let me grab it up for you. Go Farther in Lightness by Gang of Youth. That's a good one. Um, And we have a bit of Cody Simpson, Golden Thing. Mm. Um, Try to find some good... To Be So Lonely, Harry Styles, of course. Um, 
right now One Direction also because, you know. Oh, of course, we have to have a bit of Ed Sheeran. Happier, Supermarket Flowers. Oh, that's a tearjerker. And eight, the A-Team. Oh, Fix You by Coldplay. That is that that is that is a tearjerker. That is like tier one best song to listen to when you're sad. All right. I'll have to get onto it. But that's not the crying playlist, you see. That's that's just the chill, getting into the sad feels. We have a crying playlist and that's just like instrumental, like really sad and really dramatic violins. Okay. I love that. So for you, what do you listen to when you're in like a little bit of a I love the Spotify playlist, Lo-Fi Beats. Hmm. There's, a, there's a few of them on Spotify. Just literally just shuffle it and I love it. That Is really it calms like, me down. Um, instrumental like... Do, I don't know how to make I don't know sounds. how to... Yeah, <laughs> don't even try. Don't even try. We're not musical. <laughs> Stop. We're not even musical ta- musically talented. But I, I put on my diffuser. You know, I could I could go for a, like aromatherapy vibe, a bit of lavender for everyone to feel calm. Or I could go for like a bit more like... I don't know, like peppermint, su- seducing, oh, okay. like su- like a little bit of um, a rose moment. Uh, no, like it's like it smells like men's perfume. Oh. I'll chuck that one in if I <laughs> if I'm feeling lonely. I'll put my little starry light thing on, and I'll put my lo-fi beats on, and, and I'll clean my room. For me, like cleaning my room is like a little oh, self care, okay. like therapy thing. I think cleaning your room is definitely self care. Like it, when my mind's messy, so is my room. Yes. Like for sure. If I'm like, I have so much to do. Oh my God. Oh my God. And my room's messy. It just makes me even worse. And you can't work. I can't work in a mess. No, you can't. I remember I came over to your house the other week and you were really struggling to get a video done by the due date. And I went upstairs and I cleaned your room for you. Because you're beautiful. I I love you. Oh my God. I thought you were about to dig into me. Oh my God. She gave me a compliment. No, she did clean up my room. What is this? Stole my tweezers. I'm kidding. You know. I did. I, you know what? I bought a new pair the other day because I've lost mine. I reckon Mum stole them. No, I th- I found them in my um in my brush holder, <laughs> like buried in my makeup brush holder. I was like, you little bugger. When did I put you in there? So now I've got two pairs of tweezers. So you said before that like when you're upset, you kind of like talk to yourself. And like you're your own help. Yep. Do you like you, you, you little you little smirk there? As if just like you talk to yourself, you <laughs> freaking weirdo. No, but like, do you find it helpful talking to other people when you're upset? I do, but I've noticed, and I think a lot of people will too. After I say this, it's something that I don't think you, you pick up on until you until someone points it out. When I talk to other people. I'm not really listening to what they're saying back. I'm more just getting out my emotions. Yeah. Like when you when you're really emotional and you want to talk to someone, you more just want to vent and and word yeah. vomit and you're not really you are listening but you're not really not much about what people are saying to you in that moment is going to sink in because you're so upset you just mm. want to get it out and release those feelings. So what I do is I will talk to someone, but then later on, if I'm still feeling a bit crap, I'll talk to myself and I'll really try to let those things sink in, whether that be what that person has said to me earlier or just things that I are now in a more calm state of mind can um, recognise about myself and go, oh, okay, well, this is how it is. Like, let's let's like mm. bring it back down. Let's like, calm down. I remember when I went through my breakup, I'd talk to people. I'd be saying the exact same thing to every single person I talked to. Like, yes. oh, like, how do I get over this? Like, da, 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 never going to be happy again. I'm never going to be happy again. And then like, they'd tell me how to fix it, but I didn't listen. And then yeah. I'd just say another thing that I needed to get out. Yeah. And like, when I was ready to listen and when I was ready f- to heal, yeah, I actually did listen. I yes. took it on. But at that point, I just needed to get it out. So I yeah. know 100% what you mean. Yeah, like I, <laughs> like the other night I had a bit of a cry and like Louise was staying over 
and she she just she just said, "Do you just need me to listen? I'll just listen." And I yeah. just like I just like yes, <laughs> and I word vomited, and yeah. she she started up tearing up. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm no help." <laughs> I just I see you crying, and I'm like, "Now I'm gonna cry." Ooh, Such talking, an empath. Talking about that, like, do you think like it's better to linger in the feelings or just kind of like push through them and like forget about it? Because I I feel like when I was upset, when I was going through like my upset stage, like I felt like I needed to linger in it, but everyone was like, yeah. come on, like just get up and do something, just f- try to forget about it. But I felt like I just needed to keep crying. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's I a hard know, question. It's like, kind of like grief. Like I've heard people say like if they're grieving over someone, if they start feeling a little bit happy, they start feeling guilty for feeling happy. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, why am I happy? That's so, that's that's terrible. I should still be grieving right now. Like even though that's not what that person would have wanted for you, you yeah. still you still feel that like little bit of like... Ooh, why am I doing that? But even just for like, like um, it just when you're upset in general, do you think it's better to linger in it or just kind of to push it away? I I I don't think either. I think okay. like sort it out, like like deal with it. But once you've dealt with it as much as you can, then leave it alone and try to distract yourself. Yeah, because there's no point in lingering in something that's just gonna consume your energy over and over again. Yeah, for sure. I I think that kids are. I, I was watching these Adeline Moran videos, how to get through a breakup. When I was going through mine, and something she really helped me with was put a timer on when you're crying. So like, if you need to cry. Have a cry for like 10 minutes and put a timer on. When the timer comes, calm yourself down, get up and move to a different room, move to a different environment and kind of try to distract yourself. So you feel your feels, but you don't let it consume the rest of your day mm. or you don't let it like ruin what you're going to do or you, you get to go out or, you know. Yeah. Like it's really easy to say this, like, oh, just just do this. Just put a timer on and stop crying. Like uh, it's not always as easy to do it. It's easier to say than do. Like yeah. I know that... I say that that helped me, but a lot of the time I'd put the timer on and I'd freaking ignore it and just cry for another hour. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, that's the thing is sometimes you need to read your body and if that's what your body needs, it's what your body and needs. And it, it's, it's interesting because sometimes we all just like feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, yeah, I loved wallowing in it. <laughs> Like, I thought you were gonna deny that. No, off it, the it, bat. no, but it helped me get over it. That's the thing. I needed to cry. I needed to get those emotions but out. But it gets to a point where if you're still feeling sorry for yourself after a point where your friends and family can't say any more to you, then there's a problem, and then you need to pick yourself up and go. No, I'm a bad bitch. I'm a baby. I'm a bad bitch. So as I said, it's easier said than done. But like. Once you do it for the first time, it gets a lot easier to keep doing it. And you do it the second time and it's a bit easier the third time and so on. And I think it's the same with, like, therapy. Like, I know for you, your first therapy session was quite daunting. Like, the, yeah. it always is because you worry you're not going to have enough to talk about. Or, like, or you worry what be, they're going to say, even though they're professionals and they're going to... You kind of worry they're going to judge you. Yeah, even though that, that that's literally their job is not is to judge to you. not judge. And... I remember like talking to someone about like I I just remember when I was younger the last thing I wanted to do was get help and I don't know why I I just I was so in denial I was like if I get help that means there's something wrong with me if I get help yeah. it means there's a problem I have a friend like that actually she's too scared to, like get yeah. diagnosed and she and doesn't like to call it anxiety I know or... plenty of guys that need help like yeah. most people do but they won't do anything about it because they think it's I don't know not manly or they mm. like they don't need it or that like and it's <laughs> 
need it. I don't know. That like I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad because I was in the same place. I didn't want to do it because I thought there'd be something wrong with me or it meant that I was incapable no, of he- I, like helping myself. I understand what you mean. I have friends who like have depression but they're too scared to be medicated. Yeah. And I've said to them if you are in yeah, such a, a like bad that. place like where you were so sad and so upset like like obviously I'm not a doctor. We're not healthcare professionals. But for me like when I went on antidepressants, it helped immensely. And I'm kind of just like, to my friend, I'm kind of like, if you were feeling the same way I was feeling, and I was in the position where I would do anything to feel better, why, like, why are you so scared of it? And I think it's, it's taboo. It's, it's, to her, it wasn't natural. And I, I understand that. And she has to listen to her doctor. But it's kind of, I think it was also the fear of like, Putting something unnatural in your body. Or not being strong enough to handle it yourself and you need... Yeah, you exactly. Need, like, not being able to handle it yourself and you need medication to help you. Mm. And for me, who's been on, like, a medication for, a, like, years now for anxiety um, and I've slowly gone up in dosage, like, I wouldn't know what I would do without it. Yeah. I've, I went off it for, like, a few months at one time just to see what, like, it, life was like again. I still felt the same. I still felt me. But I was so anxious. Like I was, it was the worst, like, and I don't, I do not think that was like a placebo effect my body going, oh my God, I've got no medication in me, so I'm going to freak out. It was just my, my body needs that medication and it doesn't mean I'm addicted to it. Like sometimes I, you're weak or like, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm weak. It means that like I'm someone who needs a bit of help and that's fine. And that's the thing is like me and my friend who also was on antidepressants made up this joke of like all serotonin is valid and all serotonin is valuable, including artificial serotonin, which is in antidepressants. But, um, I'm actually off them now. I've been off them for about a month and there's been a couple times where I'm kind of like feel like I'm back in that hole and it's really scary and um there was this one time I think I I texted you because you're at yours and I felt like I was back in that hole and I was terrified of feeling that way again but it passed and I did it and I'm honestly doing okay without them and I'm really proud of myself that I am I think that just when it when I do get sad it kind of took the edge off the medication took the edge off whereas I don't have the medication anymore and it's kind of more real, yeah. Um, the sadness, but I'm overall still a really happy person, and I'm I'm glad I could come off them. But if I needed to stay on them again, not a big deal. Yeah. And I needed that at, at a certain point in my life. Yes. And now I don't need it as much. Hmm. So I know we talk about self love on this podcast a lot, but I think it's good to touch on it again in this episode. I think that like it's such a broad term. Like we're given one word to describe. A million different ways. And a million different feelings. um, And a million different feelings. A million different ways of loving yourself. Like there's standing in front of the mirror naked and just accepting your body. Girl, I do that. Girl. It gives me me confidence. And I'm I'm like, hmm, (laughs) all right, that's what... That's what I've got. That's what, I, that's what I've got going for me. This part, this part of me is beautiful. You know, it's important to look at yourself and like really appreciate those like parts of your body that you know, you know they're good. Like girl, if you got good boobies, you tell yourself you got good boobies. That's the thing. I think that like society, it's like not humble to like yeah. be like, you know what? I love myself. Like it, it's yeah. like, oh, she's up herself if she says she loves herself. Like why isn't she insecure like every or other day? Appreciate bit? your body and appreciate the, those parts of you. You know, that's why I don't agree. I love One Direction, but I do not agree with the whole that's what makes you beautiful because like the lyrics literally say, when you smile the ground, it ain't hard to tell. You don't, you don't know, know you're beautiful. You don't know you're beautiful. Or and that's just like 
Or there's you're insecure, you don't know what for. Yeah, look. Which is just like, so um, being insecure and being like, <laughs> I, I, oh my God, like I don't know who I am. It's attractive. Like that's what makes being her beautiful. Vulnerable. Being confident isn't what makes her beautiful. Being insecure is what makes her beautiful. I hate that. Look, Ugh. I think you're looking into it a bit no, too much. No, I'm not. I, I just want to say that that song, you got to remember that song was made in 2011. Mm. That was a long time ago. And... The the boys what, were just being told. The boys were just being told what to say. Yeah, it's not them. I think a lot of boy bands and like boys in music were saying those type of things back then. I think yeah. it was like a trend. To I think be they like, were tapping into girls' insecurities for the mullah. Yeah, and for for like the, I don't know, for the for the attention being like, I think it was like a, a bit of a trend or a bit of a like to to talk about women like that. I don't know. And I think that like. The whole, like, you smile at the ground, but, like, no one else notices you, but I do. Like, you're smiling at the ground. And then I the think it makes... The way that you makes flip your hair. The way that you flip your hair and nobody else, like, notices except me. Like, I think it kind of creates a narrative in girls' head, like, oh, my God, if I be cute and, like, insecure and, like, just kind of shy, like, um, that's what guys like. It's not, like, your if confidence... If, if you're confident, you're kind of, like too in your face and you're too you're too confident and it's like not attractive like if i'm a vulnerable deer with a broken hoof people like the lions will exactly go it's me. like a pick me it's like yeah. pick me <laughs> choose me love me like one of the biggest songs in history in pop history is freaking showing girls be shy be insecure and you'll be appreciated by know. guys. I don't no, know. Come on, that is. I don't see it that way. Please tell me people agree with me. Like DM me. I, I need get, to hear this. I get you, Lily, but I don't think it's as extravagantly bad as what well, you're making I think it the out producer, to be. Whoever wrote that song was obviously a forty-year-old man. I, get, I doubt the guys even wrote it. No, they didn't. At the same time, there are lyrics in that same song that say, um, "You know, uh, don't need makeup to cover up because you're beautiful the way you are." But if you want to wear makeup, what's yes, with that? Yes, yes, but they're still saying that you don't need the makeup and to, to you, you're okay. beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, it, those boy bands and things, they make women feel good about themselves. They've been doing it for decades. So, obviously, they're doing it for profit, but, like, if it makes people feel good, which it makes, like, tens of millions of girls feel good, that song did. Like, what's, what's the big deal? Does it really matter? No, it's not a big deal. That's the thing. If it makes someone feel good, great. But... I think it just has an underlying message that doesn't sit well with me. Well, not all girls are confident within themselves and maybe that was targeted to girls that are shy. I just think that I work with primary school kids and some of them are very pick me. Like I can just imagine them listening to that song and being like, yeah, when I smile at the ground, all the boys notice me. Like, I don't know. I just, it just infuriates me to think that some girls look at that, look at that song um, and think this is how I have to act. <laughs> I understand for girls who already act like that, they might feel empowered and beautiful because they're shy and that's how they are. Yeah, Great. Okay. But the girls who like are confident and then be like, oh, but I have to be shy to be yeah, liked. Like that's kind what of cha- they're changing themselves because of a song that kind of millions of people like. Sh- like their confidence is being shut down. Yeah, a little. Yeah, like all because like, because hit. confidence isn't beautiful and it's like a bit cocky. Oh yeah, you're confident. You're you're too much. Yeah, you're too you're too strong. That's what I hate minded. about today's society. If you say you love yourself, or if you say you're confident, like it's kind of cocky. Mm. 
even even guys like you, yeah. if a guy's confident like they're sometimes it's hard or sometimes <laughs> they'll get crap for being confident yeah and there's and a like, difference uh, there's yeah. a difference there's a fine line like obviously it's a very complicated issue like yes they can make girls feel good but also the underlying message i don't know i think it's just a good thing to talk about and have conversations about yeah so we've just like kind of rambled on about what makes us feel good and like self-care for us but i think like Self-love and self-care is so individualised. Like, it differs for everyone. If you want to be a vegan and that's what makes you feel great, great. If you want to eat chocolate every day for a living and that's what makes you feel great, great. Like, Mm. self-love looks so different for everyone. Self-love isn't universal. It's not eating healthy, diet, exercise. That is not self-love. That may be self-love for some people looking after their body. But self-love might be eating a chocolate bar when you're upset and just, like, having more of a balanced diet and just, like, a chill diet because... Having a really strict vegan diet might trigger you, you know, like mm. there is, it's so different for everyone. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So now we're moving on to our fanfare questions. Hey, Lily. Hey, Georgia. I'm Madalena and I'm 13 years old living in New Zealand. I've just started my battle with puberty. So my question for you is what was your journey through puberty and how do you deal with it in everyday life? I love the podcast. I'm a very huge fan and it's just amazing that you can open up to everyone. Oh, she's so cute. I love the name. Yeah, me too. It's very unique. It is very unique. Um, It's been a while since I've gone through puberty. Yeah, <laughs> same. Oh, actually, not that many years ago. I was like 15, 16. <laughs> I was quite... The oh, I was, I was probably the same. It's, I just can't remember a lot. Um, I think, to be honest, just kind of like know that everything you're going through is normal. Um, don't be freaked out. Like puberty is a good thing. Oh yeah. You'll like it later in life. Trust mm. me. I remember I, I look back at photos of me when I was like 15. I'm like, oh, I was so skinny. I wish I was like that now, but I had no boobs. <laughs> so yeah, I'm happy with my little, little boobies now. So puberty comes with a lot of positives, a lot of yeah. good things. And it means you're changing into a beautiful young woman. Mm. And but it also comes with a lot of scary things. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Hormones are something that, like, uh, can be uncontrollable sometimes or can feel uncontrollable sometimes. Um, I know for me, like, I, on my period, am a very moody person. Mm. I actually got diagnosed with PMDD when I was uh, a couple months ago. It's just kind of like an elevated, elevated kind of PMS. So, yeah. Right, okay. Interesting. So it's just kind of like PMS on steroids. You're really, really moody. You kind of get really, really sad. You get in a hole. Yeah. so, you know, periods, puberty, it comes with a whole whole bag of fish. And I think that, like, you know, as you start going through it, if you have any concerns, make sure you talk to a doctor about it or talk to someone you trust, like your mum. Yeah. I think being very open, we tell our mum everything, um, so it was quite easy for us to talk to her about it. But your mum's gone through it, um, you know, talk to your friends about it. And They're probably going through the exact same thing. Exactly. Because 13, 14, that is a very normal age to be hitting puberty. Exactly. And if anything, you're lucky, girl, because I was one of the late bloomers, meaning I felt like I was left behind. I felt like um, I was kind of a little bit left out and ignored. And George's boobs came out of absolutely nowhere. I, yeah, I was like 15, six, I think I 16. Think 16. I was 16 when I developed boobs. Went, Pop. They just went, like, oh, hello. And everyone was like, George has boobs. And then it was like this massive thing, like this massive <laughs> joke in the year. Because no one thought I was going to freaking grow. And then I grew. Um, So if anything, that's a very normal age. And you're probably going through what your friends are going through at the moment. So, like, 
if anything, like awesome. That's that's yeah. that's really cool. And like celebrate it. You're gonna turn into a woman soon, girl. You'll still be the same person. Don't worry about that. Just maybe um, with some bulbous. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe with a bit more shape. Uh, it's a good thing. I'd say celebrate it. So our next question is, have either of you dyed your hair a drastic colour just for fun? No. You dyed your hair blonde because you were just trying to be like me. I was, yeah, look, I, I just trying to step out of my little bubble of brown hair. Look, it went a bit yellow and it went a bit brassy, didn't work. I, I just, I looked very white. Anyway, I, I was going to dye my hair blue in quarantine actually because <laughs> I wanted to be a bit different because all the girls were dyeing their hair pink. So I was like, blue. <laughs> right. Um, I bought the dye and everything. I still have it. But I feel like you ended go up, green. Yeah, I ended up not doing it because I didn't want to have blue hair for my 18th photos because my 18th yeah. is coming up and like show my show my kids and they'd be like, mum had blue hair. Like that's really uncool. <laughs> so I never did it. But I'm actually thinking about dyeing my hair brown, like a dark brown. Do it. And I think I really want to Yolo. because I've always been blonde. You're I don't only know. only 18. You can change it back. Brown washes out. Yeah, it's just a hair colour. I think I'm going to do a temporary dye and then see if I like it. Oh, okay. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you could take a few little notes from this episode and I hope you all remember to love yourself and stay calm. I've been Georgia. And I've been Lily. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Gee Thanks is a Spotify original podcast hosted by Georgia and Lily Grace, created in collaboration with Amplify. Our executive producer for Spotify is Leah Harris, and for Amplify, our producer is Michelle Melky. Original music by Tamara Violet Partridge, and our show is recorded and mixed at Amplify Studios. Follow, Follow and listen, listen for free only on Spotify. Spotify.